0: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment.
1: Hello, college basketball fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And, Brandon, this is, I, I feel like for the last few weeks I've been bringing this up, but this week I can finally say it. This of the season is our first just college basketball podcast. We have no football whatsoever, not planning on touching the pigskins today.
0: No, no, we are not. We are not. We had a wonderful college football season, but moving on to college basketball, which is really, really good.
1: Well, and I mean, we touched, we already touched on last week, the there's no dominant team. This is a weird season in college basketball. No dominant team And more importantly, you brought up before we hit the record button, Brandon, was, you know what, one of the conferences that has kind of been a surprise this year of how well most of their teams are is the Big 12. So we're going to get into some Big 12 basketball. We're also going to talk about how Villanova, the Villanova-hova, might be underrated, and then where the hell did Indiana basketball come from, because I didn't see this coming. But with that Big 12 that I mentioned... Here are the top teams in well top teams according to me based off their conference record. 5 and 1 Baylor. 4 and 2 we have Oklahoma, Kansas, Western Virginia and Texas. Then Iowa State at 3 and 3. The rest are 2 and 4 and under at 1 and 5. So that's a majority only four teams under 500 in the conference six games in. I think
0: that's great. I mean, but where did this Big Twelve come from? I mean, I did not expect, and I was just talking with a good friend of mine, Oklahoma and Kansas, who were the also only two. didn't even expect it coming into this season. Mm-hmm. Like, really, where did where did this conference come from this year? Because you've got Oklahoma, a top team. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right now, you know, obviously they they lose. We're probably going to see North Carolina up there. Yeah, you, you've got Kansas. You've got. West Virginia, you've got Iowa State, you've got all of these. I mean, even, here. I was going to say, you know, even um, Texas.
1: Here was my thought coming in, and two of those teams you mentioned, Texas and Iowa State, they were a huge question mark to me coming into the season, because, Brandon, what did both of those teams have in common this offseason? They both got new what? Head coaches. Shaka Smart coming in. Steve Prom from Murray State coming in to be the hopefully new mayor of Ames. However, I don't think anyone in Ames, Iowa is taking the nickname the mayor away from Fred Hoiberg, coach of our Chicago Bulls, right in our backyard anytime soon. But they were kind of a question mark to me, especially Texas. I mean, early on, I'm thinking, OK, that's a good hire. That's Chaka smart. That's going to do things later on. When I did my Final Four prediction, I said, what the hell? Let's put him in there because Shaka's going to get these boys ready to play. But that was kind of the ballsy roll the dice. Will it really happen? Probably not, but I'm going to say it because it could. And then Iowa State, it's like, okay, you're still a good team. You still got Niang out there, your star player. Probably going to be a top NBA prospect when we get closer to the NBA draft this June. However, new head coach Fred Hoiberg's gone. Can Iowa State still be Iowa State? So really coming into the season, I was only thinking Oklahoma and Kansas, maybe West Virginia-Baylor, four teams with two elites in the conference. That was my first thought.
0: Baylor, another team that has looked good this year. I mean, we're going to see a really good matchup coming up tomorrow, Oklahoma-Baylor. We're going to see some really good teams taking off against each other. And what I think is really interesting, you look back to last year, I think if you would have said, oh, Oklahoma and Baylor are playing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: everyone would have gone, no one cares. You know, I think that that is why it's so interesting to really follow these teams because one team one year can just, boom, all of a sudden, they're on the map. And they're not just on the map. They are at the forefront.
1: Well, And I mean, most Baylor fans, if you're a Baylor fan listening, you may go, whoa, whoa, guys. Baylor was no joke last year. They were a twenty four and nine team, and let's be honest most team most people had them winning their first round game against Georgia State. However, they ran into didn't happen. They ran into the coach's son R.J. Hunter and Georgia State and got the one point loss last year in the tournament. But with Baylor, I look at their schedule, Brandon. you you brought up the Oklahoma game happening this weekend. But from February 16th to March 5th, here's the remaining schedule to their regular season. You ready for it? Let's let's at, hear it. At home against Iowa State, right now 19. Could go up. Then they go on the road to play Shaka Smarts Longhorns. Then they come back home to play Kansas. Going to be a top five team. We can just throw it in there. They're going to be a top five team. Maybe even a top three team. Right now they're at number three. Then they go on the road, TCU, okay, kind of an easy game. Then they go on the road at number 1 Oklahoma, right now number 1 Oklahoma, and then they come home to play West Virginia. So there's five of the six that we mentioned that are going to be, that they're all tournament teams to me. Iowa State, Kansas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, going to be in the tournament. Texas is that bubble team. What can they do the rest of the season to get into the tournament? They're the bubble team.
0: To be quite honest with you, I think that game at Texas may be one of the most difficult games that Baylor will play. Well, that may be the bubble because game. Because we we remember, folks, earlier on in the season, North Carolina playing at Texas. They mm-hmm. probably thought, eh, we're going to go in here. Texas may give us a little bit of a run for a little bit, but then we will take off. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Did not happen. Texas hung with them the whole way. Game-winning shot. They won. I mean, I don't know if that will necessarily happen against Baylor, but Baylor's got to watch out because Texas is definitely a team to be taking a look at. They have played very well in the big games this year.
1: Well, and right now, I'm looking at Joe Lenardi, ESPN Bracketologist, and how he has it laid down. Baylor right now on his latest bracket is a six seed. He has them in the south like region, whereas Texas, one of the last four buys. So right now, he's got both in. He's got both in. Texas would be a play-in game. Texas is, or actually no, Texas is 11th in the West. So 11th seed for Texas, 6th seed for Baylor. Texas could be, to me, I feel like that's going to be the game, Baylor and Texas. The loser has to do something in the conference tournament to make the actual NCAA tournament.
0: I think you're right. I I would probably agree with that. I I don't know though. But if the if the loser is Baylor, do they have to do as much? Do probably they have to do not. as much? I mean, if if it was Texas, if Texas were to lose, that they would have to be the mm-hmm. team that the pressure would be on them. I don't know if it would be as much on Baylor because they were already ranked, but and, and ranked right in the middle of the pack. But you know that I I, I just I'm really excited by this Big 12 conference this this year. I well, mean, I, I mean, cannot believe the amount of talented teams we have coming out of it.
1: And I will pose the question to you. Baylor almost lost this past week to Kansas State, however, used two overtimes to win 79-72. And they have some games where maybe if they lose, it's a hard loss. If they lose against Texas Tech or Kansas State, or if they lose to a Georgia team because I don't think Georgia's that great of a quality opponent, if they lose to one of those teams, maybe you're saying, okay, that's a bad loss. However, there are only three losses, second game of the year at 25 Oregon. Then they lost on the road at number 24, Texas A&M. I want to get to them in a second. And then they lost to number two, Kansas, and just got run out of the gym by Kansas 102-74. to 74. But I want to ask you this, Brandon. We have a listener here with Most Valuable Podcast who is a huge Texas A&M fan. And he's been the last few weeks just egging us on, talk about the Aggies, talk about the Aggies. I want to mention this, and I want to get your opinion because I kind of mentioned it in our in our rankings for this past week. I'll ask you plain and simple. Do the Aggies deserve respect? And if so, to bring it back to our Big 12 conversation Is that a good win or a good loss, however, for Baylor? Which one do you want first? Give me the Aggie one first. We'll lead it back into the Baylor. Give me the Aggie one. Do they deserve respect?
0: Well, you know, I think that they do. I, I think that at the end of the day, they do. I mean, if you look at their schedule and you look what they've done, they beat Texas early on in the season. They beat Gonzaga early on in the season by one point. They lose to Syracuse. Tough game there.
1: Without Jim Beheim.
0: They they did indeed do that. Um they beat Baylor, 80 to 61. I think that they do deserve some respect right now. I think that you have to look and see what they do throughout the rest of the season, especially against obviously the ranked teams they'll have South Carolina South Carolina towards the bottom. They'll Kentucky. have Kentucky Kentucky towards the bottom.
1: They'll they'll be going or they'll be hosting the Cyclones of Ames coming up in the end of January.
0: That's going to be I think right now that's the biggest
1: game for them. Is beating cuz Iowa State's going to climb cuz they're 19 but they were 19 before they beat number 1. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to climb but so you're saying they deserve respect. Let's bring it back to the Big 12. Is that loss for Baylor a okay? It was a loss, but it was to a quality team, so we're not going to knock them. I
0: think that's usually what happens, isn't it? Because I mean, if, if, if you have a if you have a loss, mm-hmm. if it's a quality team, you'll you have to knock them a little bit, but you can't do it a
1: lot. Because here's the way I see it, and I said this in our video: Who have you beaten when it came to the Aggies? Yeah, they beat Texas, but that was like Texas was still finding itself early in the year. It wasn't until I think the North Carolina win that Texas was like, okay, we kind of know who we are. And then so you're saying of,
0: that if they played them tomorrow and beat it'd them, be completely, it'd be, a, it'd be yeah. a completely different game.
1: Yeah. Well, not a com- different game. I'm saying if Texas AM played Texas tomorrow and beat the Longhorns, I'd be sitting there going, okay, that's a quality win because they beat them November 25th was when the Aggies beat Texas. Texas didn't get their win over number 3 North Carolina until December 12th. And I know that you're, you guys listening are going to say, but Ricky, the 29th, January 2nd, and January 9th, they went one of three in there. However, they then began to find themselves beating Iowa State, beating Oklahoma State, that's a eh, kind of an easy win, and then beating West Virginia. What can they do against Kansas in their next game? That's going to be the true test. So that Texas game, I go, eh. Okay, you beat Baylor, good. You beat Gonzaga, okay, good. But really, Gonzaga, to me, has always been the team, yeah, you're good, but you're only good because of the conference you play in. You wreck your conference, you go to the tournament, and then Adam Morrison cries because you lose to UCLA.
0: Oh, do not bring it back to him.
1: Every other team that has been mentioned, Georgia, not a good opponent to me. LSU? Who cares? You beat Ben Simmons. He's going to be in the NBA anyways. LSU will probably make the tournament just so they can make a little extra moolah in March because people will tune in to see Ben Simmons and or whoever they're saying the LeBron James of basketball. Now the LeBron James of college wouldn't have gone to college because LeBron went straight from high school to the pro. So that's me where the Aggies stand. But let's get. I'm going to get off my soapbox. We're going to get back to. This Big 12 conversation. And one team we have not touched that I want to touch right now. West Virginia. They beat number one, Kansas. 74-63 back on July 12th. However, Brandon, these Mountaineers have lost two straight against Oklahoma. 70-68. They almost beat Oklahoma. So they almost beat number one. Then almost beat number two that next Saturday, However, they lost against Oklahoma. Now this past Wednesday, lost to Texas 56-49.
0: They didn't just lose to Texas. They lost to Texas at home. So I, I don't know if that's maybe... A place uh,
1: they've only lost once before that to Virginia.
0: I was just going to say maybe this is this West Virginia team isn't as good as people thought, mm-hmm. or this Texas team is highly underrated. I think it's, those, it's It's one of two things right there.
1: And they have a similar kind of meat to their schedule. They have set actually, yeah, they have seven games six of them being like if I'm Bob Huggins, I'm circling that part of the schedule because from February 2nd to February 9th at Iowa State, home against Baylor at Kansas. Then on the 13th, you play your gimme win against TCU. Cool. Then from the 15th To the 22nd of February, at Texas, home against Oklahoma, home against Iowa State. How are you going to do in those six games? That will prove to me if you're a tournament team. That's
0: what it comes down to. That's what it always comes down to because you can't—it's really hard. I mean, it's really hard to look at a team from one game and go, oh, they're really good, they're really bad. It's mm-hmm. got to be a stretch. And I think it, you're right. You talk about that stretch of those, those games, that's where you're really mm-hmm. able to analyze a team. Analyze what's good about them, what's bad about them. Are they for real or are they not? Are they coming with their fake ID?
1: Well, can I ask you this then? Because that leads amazingly into the next thing that I was going to bring up. You say the fake ID. You're obviously making a joke at Iowa, <laughs> Cow and cow me saying that Iowa disagree cow-turd. with the cow turd <laughs> from uh, football season. But I'm going to ask you this. This was Joe Linardi's bracketology that he released, came out with this past Monday. It was the 18th. It was released in between losses to Oklahoma and Texas. So that Texas loss was not in this ranking. However, after that loss to Texas, Joe Linardi had West Virginia as a two-seeded team. In the NCAA tournament, after losing to Texas, where do you put them? Keep them at two, move them to three, four, or beyond?
0: I think after the loss to Texas, I, I probably bump them to four. I probably bump them to four until they can win uh, a couple of these big games.
1: Because right, that's now, that's mean, why
0: I do it. Because the the loss to Texas, mm-hmm. an unranked Texas team at home. I don't think the jump to the the bump to four is that drastic. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going five beyond that, that's a yeah. little much. But I think the the bump from two to four. But if they, you know, if they go and they beat ISU, they beat Baylor, they beat Kansas, they're back up to two.
1: Here's the last thing I want to mention before we move on into Villanova, because we're talking about bracketology and seeding, and that leads great into our Villanova conversation. But last thing I want to do, I'm just going to mention the Big 12 team and where Joe Lennardi has them. And we're going to say as of right now, is that where we'd put them or would we put them somewhere else? We'll start Oklahoma. He's got them as a one seed in the South. They'd start off playing in Oklahoma City their first two games. Oh, yeah. So they're a one seed. The other one seed from the Big 12, Kansas. Are they going to be a one seed? are both these teams going to be a one seed at the end I like how he's got Oklahoma in the south they play their first, like their first mini region of first two games is in Oklahoma City then you've got Kansas in the Midwest their first two games would be in Des Moines, Iowa So he's kind of playing the regional game there a little bit are both these teams would you put both of them at number 1
0: You know believe it or not um a little piece of me wants to put Kansas at 2
1: even though they are a top four team in the rankings. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's why it's a little piece of me. But I'll say keep them
1: at one, yeah. How about Baylor? He's got them right now sixth seed in the tournament. To me, I'm thinking maybe, right now, maybe a five if you want to move them up. However, that the win over Kansas State really helped their case. Because if they lose to Kansas State, boom, they're an 8-9. They're playing an 8-9 game. You win, you play a 1. That's how I see it.
0: I'd say 5. So I agree with you. So you're going to move
1: them up to a 5. Joe Linardi, like I said, has them at number 6, the next Big 12 team. number 5, Iowa State, a 5 seed in the West. Where are you putting them? Are you moving them up, moving them down as of right now? Or are you saying, you know what, Joe? You're good. You got them at five.
0: I'm actually going to move them to a three.
1: Yeah, you got them. I would say I was going to say four because I mean, with us, they beat Oklahoma after these came out, so maybe they're going to move up. But yeah, I was going to move them to a four. You said a three after yeah. they beat Oklahoma. Yeah. Because really,
0: it's if, not just it's just it's not just for that Oklahoma win. I mean, I think I think Iowa State's actually played well. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect them to come out and and, and play as it's like they had no drop off yeah. after last year even with the loss of their head coach good team they're talented they beat number 1 yeah i'd put them in a 3
1: the next one 11 i'd move them up to a 9 because they beat west virginia texas he had them 11 entering this week now that they beat west virginia i'd move them up from 11 to 9 I'd keep a 9 seeded team
0: i'd keep them at an even 10 right now
1: i i just something about this texas team i feel like it would be great to see them in an 8-9 matchup because just a tip for you guys, Ricky Widmer pro tip number one for filling out your brackets this March, the 8-9 games, don't sweat it, just flip a coin because they're 50-50 half the time. It doesn't matter who you pick to win those games because uh, you could just flip a coin and it'll work better than you just eeny, meeny, miny, mowing it. Either way it works, just don't stress out about the 8-9 because they're impossible games to pick a hundred percent right because they are the closest to a 50 50 percentage out of any other seating we talked about them West Virginia you said you'd move them down to a four you said yeah I I'll move them down to a three only that one I know you guys are sitting there at home going but Ricky you want to move Texas up from 11 to nine but only West Virginia down one and the way I see is I'm looking this as a seating if you look at this past Wednesday's game, Texas, an 11 seed, beat a 2 seed. And you may be sitting there going, okay, I can buy that, because guess what? That If that happened, that would be an actual Sweet 16 matchup, 11 v. 2. So basically, Texas just beat number 2 West Virginia in the Sweet 16 this week in Joe Lenardi's bracket, and then... Last but not least, he's even got one team that we didn't even mention, Brandon. You ready for it? Number 11 and 11 seed in the East, Texas Tech. They're a team that's 2-4 in conference right now, 12-5 overall this year. Some of the big wins and losses for them. Their losses, they lost to number 16 Utah at home, well, neutral site. They lost four in a row to Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State and Baylor. And their key wins? Texas? Texas? Yeah, that's the only key win I'll throw in there. I'm shocked they're even in Lenardi's bracket cuz I wouldn't have them in the bracket at all. Would not have them in at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, but there's always a team teams like uh a a Texas Tech team and stuff like that 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 make it in there and you're going. Uh eh, they had an okay season. I I guess I can see why they're there, but i'll 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 stick with where he's got him,
1: okay. let's move on to the next part of our podcast we're gonna for the next two segments, the last two we're gonna focus on one team each, and the first team we're gonna focus on is Villanova, the Wildcats, as I like to call them the Villanova Hova, and this is a team brandon that they're ranked fourth in the actual rankings, not our rankings. I believe they're a little bit lower in ours, but they're ranked fourth in the nation. Joe Lenardi has them as a one seed in the West. And here's my simple question to you. Are the Villanova Wildcats underrated this season?
0: Probably. I would say probably because I don't know. I'm trying to even think back to last year. I mean, were they really that, pr- prominent last year. I feel like it it's been a couple of years since Villanova has been on the map, mm-hmm. so to speak.
1: So last think, year just to let you know, they finished the regular season at 32 and 2, 16 and 2 in their conference. However, this is why you may be saying to yourself, I don't really remember anything from them. They were a one seed Beat Lafayette in their first game, because, come on, a 16 seed's never going to beat a one. Let's be honest. However, that next game, they lost to number eight, NC State. That's why you're sitting there going, well, where have they been? Because Villanova, to me, has been the same team each and every year. They win their conference. They lose in the NCAA tournament. They lose early on, too. Like, second game, maybe even third game at the at the latest if they advance.
0: And I think that's the problem for me is that it's been it's been a while, it's been a couple of years mm-hmm. since Villanova really made a splash in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So I think that once they do that again, you know, people will acknowledge them again for you know being this this good team. They they have had some good wins though. I mean, they beat Butler. They spanked Xavier. They've had some good wins. I'm i looking for a little bit more out of them. They lost to Oklahoma, 78-55. to They lost to Virginia, 86-75. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm looking for the next couple of weeks here, and uh, that will determine for me if Villanova is going to be that team to this me, year that, that we've seen in the past from them. But I don't know.
1: To me I'm looking to Sunday. This Sunday coming up and if you're if you're like, guys, I just found this on your YouTube channel as it went up, on the YouTube channel this segment went up. It's one day before this game happens, but against number sixteen Providence. Yep. That's the game. And the only reason it's not happening on Saturday is because of snow in the upper northeast this week. It's another thing I read that even Georgetown is like slashing ticket prices the more and more snow that they get up there in the Northeast. But that's the game I'm looking for. That's it. And I was so excited to see it Saturday. And then I go, oh, wait. You know what? I got to wait. I got to wait another day to see this game because to me in that conference in the Big East, Providence is the – they're the shocker. I look at Providence and i like, where the fuck did they come from? Villanova to me, it's like, eh, whatever. You'll You'll make the tournament. You'll be a one seed. For Villanova, to me, I don't even focus on them in the regular season because of just that. What have you, like, you always do well in the tournament, and then you get to the tournament as a one seed. You always do well in the regular season. Yeah, that's what I mean. Most of the time, they get to the tournament as a two seed, and they'll lose to the 15th seed. They'll duke it, basically. Duke and Villanova have the same kind of routine the last couple of years. Duke breaking that routine with their national title, but yeah, I mean, going back to two years ago, they made it as a two-seed, beat UW-Milwaukee, lost to UConn in the next game. So, really they're one and dunners to me. Good regular season, one-and-done in the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, you know, that's, that's not getting the job done, obviously, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how well you do in the regular season if you get to the tournament and you choke round two after Who cares that you beat the 16 team? I mean, I like everyone knows you're going to.
1: I keep going back. 2013 March Madness lost in the first round as a nine seed to number eight. um, North Carolina didn't make it in 2012. Then in 2011, guess who they lost to in the first round as they were a nine seed. This team was an eight seed. Everyone's favorite Cinderella, George Mason. That wasn't George Mason's Cinderella year, but, yeah, they they lost it. So since 2011, to make it an even six years, I'll go back to 2010. Since 2010, and that 2010 they were a two-seed, beat Robert Morris in overtime, should have lost that game, and then lost to number 10, St. Mary's, in the next round. Since 2010, Villanova has been either out in game one, or one and done. When they are below one or two, if they are not a one or a two seed, they lose that first game. They've been a nine or out, not even in the tournament that one year. So when they're under a two seed, they lose that first game since 2010. When they're a one and a two since 2010, they beat the 15-16, losing the next game. That's been their pattern since, and I'm going since 2010. Do they, That's break, been their pattern. Do they
0: break the pattern this year?
1: No, I don't think so. I really don't think they break the pattern. And the main reason why I don't think they break the pattern is I even look at the team and I go, they don't They don't have to me, and I know that in the comment section I'm going to get numerous people just listing off names of people that are on Villanova, but to me as a fan from the Midwest who doesn't focus on Villanova during the regular season, because let's be honest, you guys are good, and you guys are a good regular season team. I don't really, no one stands out like Oklahoma. I could say Buddy Heal. That's their star player. You can go over to a North Carolina and say, oh, Marcus Page. With Villanova, I can't name, boom, that's the guy there. That's the guy. And you could say, well, oh, that's because... You're answering the question, Ricky. Villanova is underrated. However, I'm sitting there going, nobody cares about Villanova until it gets to the March Madness because that is when, that is when, that's when they make things happen. And based on Joe Leonard, I'm going to go off of what Joe Lenardi has for this week. If I had to predict how far Villanova would go, I would say Sweet 16 because here's what I see happening. They beat Navy, who would be a 16-seed play-in winner. They beat number 16, Navy. Then they'd play either Notre Dame or UConn. UConn would give them a run for their money. Even Notre Dame, they'd beat whoever they get out of there, go to the Sweet 16. However, in the Sweet 16, out of the four that they could play, I'm going to pick two. They're either going to play the Cyclones from Ames or the Dukies because Duke's a four seed for some reason in Joe Lennardi's bracket. I'd say Iowa State goes on. Iowa State beats them in the Sweet 16. So if you're looking at Joe Lenardi's latest bracket from Bracketology, Villanova loses in the Sweet 16. If they make it past the Sweet 16, some of the teams that they could play based on this region, Texas, Arizona, Butler if they make a run, West Virginia, this is a this is a team that's not gonna if they get anywhere it's gonna be the sweet sixteen this year no further but I know that'll change when we get an actual region for them and they'll and
0: they'll be as a one they'll go as a one
1: right now I'm saying there's a they're a one okay. I mean the only way they're not a one is if Providence overtakes them then they'll fall to like a three four or five
0: you think they would be better if they did that. You think, do you think they'd have more success being Maybe. a three,
1: four, five? Maybe, but, I mean, if history proves itself, when you're not a 1 or a 2, you lost in the first round since 2010. So usually, usually when it comes to March Madness, I know that they say you can do anything, but me as a filler-outer, history usually repeats itself. That's why you hear the bracketologist always say, well, you know what, in the past... Uh, these, the four seeds usually get upset in this one. Usually, history does have a weird way of repeating itself, Brandon. It usually does. I think you're right because I think I've heard that before. Yeah, you've heard it in almost every history class you've probably taken. Yeah. History, Yikes. Yeah. I, I wasn't a history guy myself, but yeah, Villanova to me is just a eh, like, you'll make the tournament. However, the one thing I will throw out there. And I'll throw it at you. You asked me, well, would it be who of them to maybe drop out of the top two seeds? The one thing we haven't seen in this data, what do you do when you're either a three to six seed? Because they've either been one, two, or nine since 2010. One, two, or nine have been the three seeds that they have been.
0: Maybe you have more success if you're right there in the middle. Maybe. I mean, obviously, they're not going to play to be... Yeah, that seed, they're going to play to be the best seed that they possibly can because that usually leads mm-hmm. to the easiest road. But we all know college basketball, no, it does not.
1: I will say the seeds in the middle that I would like to avoid is – third, so I would avoid four, six, and five. The reason being is those are the ones where, especially at 5-12, and 413. <laughs> Past few years, those those double digit teams have been getting some uh some quality wins. They've been gaining some steam when for sure. It comes to March madness.
0: And one of those double digit teams possibly, but probably not. Depends on how they keep going. Indiana?
1: Yeah, I mean, go I mean, Indiana to me I'll we'll just go right into it. Did you expect them to be this good this soon? No, I really didn't
0: I I wasn't really looking at Indiana. They were not on my radar and now they're 16 and 3 and in the top 25.
1: I had them as a and I feel stupid for saying this being the resident Big 10 guy. I mean, if we had for college basketball, if me and you had to pick conferences, I'd be the Big 10, you'd be the ACC guy. And am I am I gauging that correctly? Yeah. In football, I'm the Big 10 guy still. You're the SEC guy. yeah. So Brandon changes a little bit depending on what time of the year it is. I'm Big Ten all the way through. Look Big at Ten, you, buddy. Big Ten Network, that's what I'm watching, especially during this time. And I'll be honest. Honesty is key. I had Indiana as like a middle-of-the-road, not-that-great Big Ten team this year. Because the way I saw it is, hey, you know what? They have the tools to be good, but it's going to take them a year to get back up. and. This may be the year that people start calling for Tom Crean to be uh, to be fired. Maybe from Hoosier basketball and
0: Purdue fans would love uh, that.
1: Well, Purdue fans would love it, but I mean, yeah, they lose some early games. They Wake Forest. They lose to UNLV. They lose to number seven Duke at the time on the road. But Brandon, since they lost to Duke, they have not lost a single game, reeling off eleven straight wins. And they are 6 0 in the Big Ten. 6 0, and they beat Wisconsin in there. They've beaten Ohio State in there. The last game, it pains me to say, 103 69 against my my Illini. That wasn't an easy score to swallow. That was not an easy score. To swallow And this wasn't
0: a, even a good one to look at.
1: This is a team that I'm going to say it right now, right here, right now. Iowa or not Iowa, Indiana is going to be the fourth seed in the Big Ten tournament. How it's going to be is Michigan State will still be number one. Iowa will be number two. Maryland will fall a little bit. They'll be at three and Indiana will be four. That's the top four seeds in the Big Ten tournament. All four getting buys.
0: Maryland still your 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 favorite?
1: No, they're not. The team I'm really not, li- not anymore. The team I'm really liking in the Big Ten right now is Iowa.
0: Yeah, the, Iowa. I, and I would Indiana. say I would say Iowa more mm-hmm. so than Indiana because
1: they beat Michigan the, State twice.
0: I would say Iowa is more so the team that kind of came out of nowhere for me.
1: Well, I mean, the thing that I'm going to throw your way is, are they kind of feeding off momentum from the football team? No. Football team also came out of nowhere this year. No, no one expected Iowa to be Rose Bowl participants, almost college football playoff participants.
0: No, Nobody.
1: I, I, nobody had Iowa.
0: I don't, I don't think that there's really that cross momentum. Uh, but uh, I think that these some of these Big Ten teams, I mean, the mm-hmm. Big Ten, I think, you know, in basketball – Usually pretty good.
1: We're the SEC but of college get, basketball. I'm saying getting that each a lot and every year, getting a
0: lot better, getting yeah. a lot better. I mean, just for four teams like Indiana, mm-hmm. four teams like Iowa. Then you got Michigan State, of course, Maryland. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the time there's something new. North, North, the Western yeah. even gave uh, mm-hmm. Maryland a run the other night. I mean, there is good competition within this conference.
1: I think the best thing, the best thing for the Big Ten from that move that they had when we added Maryland and we added Rutgers, was adding Maryland. Because in football, it really didn't matter. I mean, you had added two more teams. Cool. You get more games. Cool. However, what really helped this conference was adding Maryland in basketball. Because, Brandon, we mentioned you're an ACC guy. Maryland came from your conference and came to mine. Went from yours, came to mine. No more Maryland Duke, no more Maryland, NC. Now it's Maryland, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, Maryland, Iowa, Maryland, Ohio State. I'll
0: tell you what, I think that's weird. I think yeah. it, it was weird. Coast
1: team playing it, the Midwest.
0: It was weird the other night watching Northwestern and Maryland play, and this is a conference game. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't feel right.
1: However, for college basketball, it just made the Big Ten even tougher. And I mean Indiana because that they're who this segment of the podcast is wrapped around they're gonna to me they're gonna be a four seed in the Big Ten conference and I'm even gonna say this the Big Ten final game of the tournament will be I'm making the prediction right now. You ready for it, Brandon? Oh,
0: I am ready.
1: It's gonna be Indiana, Michigan State. Michigan State's gonna beat Iowa in the semifinal game to move on into the championship.
0: Well, you know what's made Indiana so good this year,
1: or Maryland, however it mapped out. Because how I said it, Michigan State's going to beat one of them. Indiana's going to beat the other. It's going to be Indiana, Michigan State in the conference tournament final.
0: Eleven and zero at home
1: for Indiana. Yeah.
0: Before you cut me off.
1: Yeah. All three of eleven
0: and zero at home. That's a that's a good team. That's that that's what makes a team like that that strong.
1: See, the one thing I'm going to throw in there, though, and I'll ask this question to you, is as we get more and more towards the tournament season, that stat's going to be kind of a little weary with me because where do you play your tournament games, Brandon? Away from home. You play them away from home. Does that matter to you that, okay, you can win at home, but if you can't win on the road, I'm not saying the Hoosiers can't. They only lost three games away from home, but really.
0: I'm saying that's giving them a really solid standing oh, for our, the rest for the rest of the house. season. Yeah.
1: Some of the big home games coming up, Northwestern, like you said, gave Maryland a bit of their run. They've got Minnesota. Then Iowa comes to town on the 11th. You've got Purdue coming to town on the 20th. And then they end the regular season March 5th when Maryland comes to town. So right there, three big home games to end the year. However, they also have two big road games where they got to go to Lansing to play East Lansing to play the Spartans and then they have to go to Iowa March 1st before they host the Terrapins at home.
0: Yeah, they got a tough end to the schedule that's for sure.
1: What do you think? Give me what you think gut reaction, what are the Hoosiers, Hoosiers going to be? Can we expect them to, one, I'm going to throw this one out there. Can we expect them to win the Big Ten Conference Tournament? And two, can how far of a run right now do you see them making in March Madness? If you had to put money on it. Obviously, we're not putting money on it. I mean, we don't do that here. No, we wouldn't We're not DraftKings. No, no. We're not because we, <laughs> we
0: can't operate in Illinois. No. But um, I don't I don't know where. I, I'm going to start with the back end first. I don't okay. know how far that they will go in the tournament.
1: Are you going to pull the we got to wait and see where they go? What seed they are? Who's in front of them? Are you going to pull that game on me? I am. You You're know this, pulling that answer on me?
0: I'll be honest with you. This isn't a team that <laughs> I, I haven't looked at them. I haven't watched mm-hmm. them. I haven't really watched them at all, and uh, I, I think I don't think that they'll win the Big Ten tournament. I don't even think they're a t- team to look at for the Big Ten tournament.
1: I don't. You think I'm overreacting? Yeah, overreacting on the Hoosier train
0: as you usually do. Yeah, yes.
1: and Illinois fans will probably be like, "Ricky, you're supposed to pick them to lose because we hate, we hate that Indiana team that." calls themselves Hoosiers but
0: I, I I just I think you may have a little bit of overreaction on them right now I mean they're they're they've cracked the top 25 but they've got a they've got a tough road that's for sure but I don't think that they're necessarily a big player in the conversation for who wins the big 10 tournament
1: well that is going to do it this week for the prime time podcast I want to thank you guys for checking out the podcast this week you can go ahead Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Brandon is at young underscore swan 19. Most valuable podcast is at most valuable pod. I want to thank you guys yet again for checking this out. Go ahead. Leave your thoughts below in the comment section. If you're on SoundCloud, hit that nice little heart and that repost button. And if you are on YouTube, go ahead ahead and hit that like and subscribe button. It really helps us out. And you'll get all our content for Most Valuable Podcast, you can also do so by going to mostvaluablepodcasts.com. Thank you again the third time I'm saying it for checking out this podcast. We'll see you in the next one. However, have a good day, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.